in the know for Monday, September 13, the 256th day of 2021. There are 109 days left in the year. Good morning, MV, guiding you through in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com, via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast. On Facebook Watch, on YouTube Live, on Periscope, and the hashtag is in the know coming up today. We'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Look back on a busy weekend, of course, the 9-11 commemoration over the weekend. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. He's my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's me. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. It is Monday. Yeah. I mean, but it's good. But it's the beginning of wedding week. Right. Yeah, so it's the <laughs> countdown to the big wedding this weekend yeah. for... Uh, for us, uh, the eldest daughter is uh, getting married on Saturday, so we've got lots of uh, festivities and getting ready to yes. do. I just realized I'm going to pull the curtain back today. You want me to uh, reveal a show trick? Sure. Alexa, it's showtime. All right. I was noticing the lighting oh, in the okay. studio looked weird, and so now we like, why did why do I look weird today? And uh, well, I mean, I look weird on every normal day, but compared to you, so there you go. Now uh, studio lights are on properly. And we just revealed a hack on how we do that. He is a five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's a two-time Silver Sound nominee covering every corner of the globe. London, Moscow, Paris, Cincinnati. Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm well. Your football weekend started off poorly, but... Uh, it was a great game. Ended up being pretty pretty good, and from the winning and losing perspective. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, yesterday, you might have heard some sounds coming from Clarkson at about three o'clock, but uh, it turned into happy sounds by the end of the day. <laughs> we'll talk more about the Bengals game a little bit later as we uh, as we get on into things today. I uh, got a lot to cover. Going to get closer to ninety degrees today than we have been for a few days, and. A chance of rain t- uh, returns tomorrow evening and maybe lingers around until the weekend, but not a not a huge chance. Except for Wednesday is the going to be the greatest chance of rain, and the reason is because we've got uh, tropical moisture, which will be a play for at least part of the week and uh, maybe into early on Saturday morning. But regionally, everything looking pretty good by the time the weekend gets here. But it, some of it has to do with what uh, what did I say, Nicholas? Tropical Storm Nicholas is uh, coming ashore, and then will impact the southeast United States, and then those that uh, precipitation will move through the Ohio Valley. Mostly sunny, and we'll call it officially, uh, the official high regionally is 89. I think we'll be more like 87 here between the lakes. We'll see mostly clear and a low of 70 tonight, and we'll see a small rain chance tomorrow, about a 1 in 10 chance and a high. We may tick 90 tomorrow, but anyway, it'll be warm, but it takes longer in the day to get to that warmth than we're accustomed to in July and August. So all in all, not too bad. Big weekend. Um, It was really interesting to see how the commemoration, the 20th anniversary commemoration of the September 11th attacks aligned with activities, uh, especially in the sports landscape over the weekend. You saw uh, a lot of, whether it was the NFL or whether it was college or you had Heroes Day, it's just uh, even, you know, community events and trying to incorporate uh, reverence and uh, com- commemorance and gratitude for lives that were given on that day to protect our freedoms. And it was just, it was kind of a nice weekend. I, you know, I've always I've even said on Friday, I often find my, myself being conflicted because I want to go about normal life because that's, that's kind of what we're saying is that you can't, you know, you, you're not going to undo the American spirit with a terrorist attack, but I also think that you've got to be reverent. So finding that line is always a challenge. And uh, broadly, I thought that we as a country did a did a fine job of that on Saturday in finding out where those balances are and being able to celebrate the freedoms that we have, but also being gracious for the uh, blood that was spilled and the lives that were given in order to maintain those freedoms. But here we are, you know, at the 20th anniversary. And so uh, a lot of programming over the weekend. I watched something on the National Geographic Channel about 
the hard drives that were collected in Os- in the raid on o- Osama bin Laden's life, which I found a little bit interesting because they lived off the grid disconnected, so any data in and out of the computers were coming in on thumb drive being you know ferried in, but a lot of his personal letters and some of his diaries and notes to self, it was kind of interesting that were a little bit more revealing about him. Then we're going to get over the next six months a whole lot of uh, declassified reports and items that we've been sitting on for about 20 years, but we're seeing the Biden administration order some of those being released, including a big one on Saturday, which greater tied some of the hijackers to some principles within the Saudi Arabian government. And so that, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is heavily redacted, but it does, it offers a little more revelation into the, the circumstance and the dynamics that led to those attacks. But I will tell you that the, I wrapped up my weekend of watching 9-11 coverage, commemoration coverage, with 60 Minutes last night. And it was an hour on the FDNY. And it got into the specifics, even the, the moment by moment, from what was happening with the New York Fire Department when the first plane struck, all the way through to the collapse and uh, how it has impacted them going forward. And the number of, there were, I think, 750 There were 750 firefighters dispatched to the scene that day from the New York Fire Department. I think they lost some 300 in number. But a very revealing statistic that I heard Scott Pelley give last night is that there were, say, roughly about 2,700 people lost in in that attack, I think, all in number, including the Pentagon, but a a big number that uh, there were 17,000 people in the Twin Towers that day working. All right, so that number is too is too high, but listen to this number. Of the people who were below the fires, of the people who were on the floors where the plane struck and down, 99% of them survived, and that's partly, uh, greatly due to the heroic efforts of the New York Fire Department going in, and the New York Police Department as well, NYPD, going in and evacuating those buildings. So we we have a tendency to think about who we lost that day, but I think if you were there and you survived, you owe a huge amount of gratitude to the people who were willing to run into a nearly collapsing building to save lives. So that was something I took away from the 60 Minutes report that you could certainly watch on demand if you want that uh, had value and was moving to me. Uh, Also in national news today, we're feeling, uh, we're hearing more about this Build Back Better uh, program that the Biden administration is trying to push through. I won't spend much time on this, but I remember being in the studio last week on uh, the national news report when President Biden said, Joe Manchin is with me. Joe Manchin has always been a friend. Joe Manchin will be supportive of my efforts. Joe Manchin, though, however, came out over the weekend and said he favors trimming the Biden budget plan by more than half and taking a whole lot more time to do it. So I don't know. Maybe the president needs to recount his friends because he doesn't have as many as he thought that he might. All right. Let's talk about COVID-19 at home. Yesterday, public health director Josh Embry uh, issued uh, a statement, kind of some some talking points and some information with the community. And he issued a warning yesterday regarding a rise in the number of pediatric COVID-19 cases. He said that he is not surprised by this because they anticipated that it was going to happen because they've seen it play out in other states. It's just been slower to happen in Kentucky. He said we're seeing uh, starting to see an increase in pediatric severe illness related to COVID. We knew this was coming. Uh, since September 1st, if you're uh, following the numbers, since just September 1st, Grayson County has had over 400 cases of the virus confirmed, bringing us to an incidence rate of 156.8. Josh Embry also noted that Grayson County's vaccination rate is slowly rising, that we're currently edging closer to 47%, but we're still below the percentage of vaccinations needed to slow the pace of transmission. Uh, You're hearing maybe by the end of the month, they may change the demographics on vaccination. You may see some down to five-year-olds be uh, available. That doesn't do a whole lot to change the percentages because that 47% is based upon people who are permitted. So they do the demographics and say, this is how many people are out of of 100% that are 
uh, uh, capable of getting it, only 47% are actually approaching 47%. And I, you know, I still, that, that, that number is a little bit troubling. I would hope that number would pace closer to at least what the national uh, percentages are bearing out, but we're even below the, the national percentage in that regard. Uh, Litchfield Police Department officer sniffed out an uh, early morning house fire on Saturday, was able to spare some damage to uh, adjacent structures. Saturday morning about 4.30, Officer DJ Newton was on patrol in the 200 block of West Main. He smelled something burning, and his nose led him to South English Street, where they found a home obviously on fire, and the... Um, they uh, beat on the door of the front house, began kicking the door open, and they attempted to save the occupants inside. And then they um, they uh, kind of had a tense situation there for a moment, rescuing people. The LFD got on the scene. They followed in short order uh, by uh, some Litchfield and Clarkson firefighters along with EMS. They concentrated on uh, raging blaze in the back right corner of the residence, but uh, it took them about a few minutes to get under uh, things under control. They were able to spare damage to a neighboring structure, and they were on the uh, scene. Got about an hour to put that out. So anyway, that was early Saturday morning, and good to uh, good to hear. A Kentucky sheriff is facing a charge of driving under the influence. Jessamine County Sheriff Kevin Corman was arrested early Friday while driving a white SUV with official plates. Nicholasville police saw the SUV cross the center line twice, pull the vehicle over. Corman was driving his official sheriff's vehicle at the time. According to the arrest citation, Corman was unsteady on his feet, smelled of alcohol. Uh, there was an open container, etc. The Jessamine County Sheriff Lieutenant Anthony Purcell said Corman was not planning on stepping down. Goes on to say he's an elected official. He's elected by the citizens of Jessamine County, and he's still the sheriff. I guess for now, certainly. And... Uh, the citizens of Jessamine County will have whatever they're going to say about that. To kick off the sports weekend uh, on Saturday, more proper, on Saturday morning after the high school football on Friday night, I got to uh, watch the Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers travel to West Point and take on the Golden Knights there. And I knew it was going to be a great trip um, for Western to be able to, you know, on September 11th, Travel to West Point to play Army, uh, a very you know historic location. The Toppers came up short, thirty-eight, thirty-five. It didn't look that close for a while. The Toppers kind of clawed their way back into it. Uh, so, did you get to see any of that, Sam? No, or? I didn't get. I was busy running some errands on on Saturday. You didn't get a chance to to watch the Hill Toppers, but read a little bit about it. Seems like that they the offense still looked good, but Army's offense is very very difficult to defend. Yeah, that triple option is uh, is hard, hard, especially when you don't have to pre- prepare for it every week. Uh-huh. Uh, Congressman Guthrie was, was, uh, was at the game. Uh, he, was, he was torn on who to tear, tear for, I saw sure, that. Sure, that's right. When you got a clock tower named after you on the Western campus, but then you went to West Point, I'm going he was for West Point in the end, probably. Um, but uh, Congressman George Lindsay was there as well, uh, who uh, frequents the show from time to time. So there was a, well, a I big pres- contention. I presume he was cheering for the Hilltoppers. He absolutely was cheering for the Hilltoppers, without a doubt. But uh, 38-35 was the final. I was talking yesterday with uh, someone at church. Uh, do you think there was in the fine print of that game that Western had to lose? You know, it's like a three-point game, so did Western well, get as close as they – you can't beat Army on September 11th, can you? I when I made my pick for the game, I picked Army for that reason. I said it's just it's it seems wrong. <laughs> it just I mean it was a seems good opportunity well, to go Na- up there. Navy but. and Air Force were playing. I mean one team had to lose that game. Who wants? Well, sure, but who wants to get mean? They always play though. Who wants to get mean mugged though? Yeah, you'll be getting the side eye from people like. You beat Army on September 11th. Come <laughs> on, you know. So uh, U of L won. Thank goodness. I said last week we needed them to win. They dispatched Eastern Kentucky University pretty quickly, 30 to 3. You've been following all the controversy with U of L, too? You, at, at... You, you mean the fire festival? Yeah. The, the fire festival set up, uh, long concession lines. Were bathrooms an issue, too? Uh, so, I, there was I some type of. I didn't read that. I think the lines to get in were really long, and I think the card readers didn't work at the stadium. Moldy seats. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. What a shame. Vince Tyree was in, you know, he had to come out and talk to the boosters and such yesterday. So, yeah, it was a, uh, you know, when you haven't been in a building for a while and uh, 
labor shortages are impacting everything. So I get some of that, but it definitely wasn't a good look. It, it's not putting your best foot forward on opening on your home opener. You would hope to have things a little more lined out. And who knows? There might have been a really long line for ice cream at Kroger Field on Saturday. I don't know. Uh, but I do know the Wildcats are 2-0 and after a... Um, I don't know how to describe the game from Saturday night. Last time I checked, it's a win. It is, it it is a absolutely a win. And I'm really hoping that Missouri goes on and plays well the rest I of the season. I think they will. I think they're good. That will only bolster the Cats' resume and, and record because they're not getting enough credit already. But the, the, the difference in the game to me is I think when, they, when Kentucky got the ball, they just scored and then they held and then they got the ball back. And it was 21 to 7. There was uh, about 8 minutes, 50 seconds. And I said, I said it out loud, but you probably weren't paying any attention to me. I said, they just need to kill the rest of the clock. They just need to take a long drive. They need to take about 8 minutes off the clock. And they need to punch it in and go up 28 to 7 at the half. And this game will be over. So they killed the clock. They went from one end of the field to the other. And then... Rodriguez fumbles on his way into the end zone and leaves just enough time for Missouri to score, and they get the ball back to start the half, and then all of a sudden they look like more like U.K. football of old in the second half. So I'm wondering if Liam Cohen's leash got reeled in a little bit in the locker room at halftime because they look like an Eddie Grand team in the second half where they look like a Liam Cohen team in the first half. Last time I checked, though, they won. And that's all that matters to me. Missouri's better than I thought they were, mm-hmm. without a doubt. So they just grind. The cats just grounded out, wore them down, and were victorious in the end. I'm thrilled with the win, by the way. I just oh yeah, it's it's a win. They had to get creative in the way that they 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 didn't win the game in the second half the way they started the game in the first half. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean they they just ran the ball a lot more, but Missouri was struggling to stop them too running the ball. Missouri hosts between Cavassier Smoke and Chris Rodriguez. We got a nice little tandem mm-hmm. there that we can rely upon, which is what it takes in the SEC to be able to do that. Missouri will host SEMO on Saturday, and Kentucky will host UT Chattanooga on Saturday. Did Tennessee play this weekend? Yeah, they lost to uh, oh, yeah. I know. Lost, lost to the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Even I knew that. Who do you... Uh, <laughs> Sam, who do you who do you pull for between Tennessee and Listen, Pittsburgh? I don't want any happiness to happen to the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, but city of Knoxville is not much better. <laughs> I just hope both teams lost. That's a really you're really uh, conflicted there. Uh, the I saw the end of the game that you spent four hours watching yesterday. I saw the end of the Vikings Bengals game. Got to hand it to Joe Burrow. Looked like a quarterback sneak was coming, and uh, he rolls out. And uh, hits the tight end for a big gain, steps up the game-winning field goal, and uh, I, they, yeah. it's good. It's good to get good to get off to a win, get, like get the oh. season off started with a win. Yeah, no, they. It was a very Cincinnati Bengals game, and you know what? They <laughs> yeah. they won this time though. Usually, that's a game that they find a way to lose, or they have the the dreaded tie. Well, it looked very much like there was a tie in the offing before Joe oh. Burrow's. Heroics there. Were you going to be okay with kissing your sister? I Listen, there, I would have had a rance on social media and everything because there's nothing I hate more than ties in sports. That look on your face. Uh, yeah, you de- was... You've never heard that adage, no. Kiss Miss Buckles? Oh, I've heard no. that. Yeah, the tie. When you tie in sports, it's called kissing your I, sister. Is that an well, option? When they, went for it, <laughs> when they went for it on that fourth down and inches play, I... I, I Texted one of my friends and said, "I hope I'm glad that they're going for this because I'd rather lose than tie." Yeah, yeah. There in in the NFL, if they play they put play a full overtime period, they can play a five quarter game. But if the end of that fifth quarter, if there's if the tie isn't broken, the game ends in a tie. So it's not all that common that it happens, but it does well, happen. And the interesting is, in the past five years, it's probably happened a dozen times, and the Bengals have been a part of four or five. Of them. <laughs> yeah, and that's not an exaggeration. That does, it's just, that does it's, happen a it's lot. Terrible. Uh, uh, but uh, 
the the Reds didn't fare so well yesterday. The Cardinals you know, beat them too. We can talk about the, uh, the positives of the Cincinnati Bengals being 1-0. Oh, yeah, well, the Reds and Bengals have won on the same day since 2016. The Yankees yeah. have suddenly just become all, you know, awful. Bear- Francisco Lindor, does that name give you give you nightmares they right now? scratched out one against the Mets. Yeah, he was what well, he was trash talking yesterday too. And Martin Truex helped uh, Joe Gibbs Racing run to a 1-2-3 finish at Richmond. So uh, the opening round of the playoffs will in coming up on uh, Saturday at Bristol Motor Speedway. NASCAR this weekend, by the way, it came out. NASCAR is the most patriotic sport in the United States. I don't know if I completely buy that or not. But they're pretty, up there with baseball, pretty, pretty patriotic, absolutely. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Today is Defy Superstition Day. <laughs> oh, got a story I want to get to uh, later on about Dunder Mifflin. But you'll remember one of that great lines from The Office. Michael Scott said he was not superstitious. He was just a little stitious. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Not super. Yeah, not just superstitious. Little. Just a little, just a slightly stitious. It's also Fortune Cookie Day today. I ran across oh. a list not too long ago of great fortune cookie sayings, and they always make me laugh for some reason. I love fortune cookies. You know, thank you. I couldn't breathe in there, and, you know, just odd things. And then it's also Bald is Beautiful Day today, so if you uh, are hesitant or not willing to embrace. I love bald. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I'm good. Do, 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 for now, and probably going forward. I was going to say, I got, yeah. I, got pretty, I got pretty thick hair. Yeah, you're probably, yeah, you're you're probably, probably all right. You're probably good for a while. Well, you may be permanently good. You know, some guys, they don't, they don't <laughs> ever establish the, the chrome my, dome. My, dad, my dad's got a, uh, he's got a full head of hair, yeah, so, so we're good. There you go. It's actually your mother's side where it comes from. Well, she's got full head of hair, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, don't think she, I don't think she's the case study you would be looking for, so. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you read the NBA <laughs> is, you know, nobody can have an original idea and just have it all to themselves. So on the heels of how great the Major League Baseball Field of Dreams game went, now NBA is trying to explore some type of their level of uh, Field of Dreams. What would this involve, Sam? Can you think of... Well, I mean, more famous. Technically, I guess you give the NHL credit because they were the first ones because they did the outdoor game in the in in those NFL stadiums. So at least you can give them credit for having the first idea. But I don't know. I mean, I I, I think the the coolest thing that the NBA could do is that college basketball. I don't know, five or six years ago, played the game on the aircraft carrier. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was only armed force members that could that could attend that were on that air. You know, that served on that ship. Right. That would be really cool if the NBA did something like that. Rucker Park, located in Harlem, is iconic for its uh, ties to basketball history. Viewed by many in the area as the real mecca of basketball, stars like Kevin Durant, Allen Iverson, and countless others have put their talent on display for fans to see. These iconic playground games in New York City are legendary, and I think I could see something like that. The, yeah, I could see it doing outdoors. Only, only if they have to play on the double rim. Oh, yeah, absolutely, the double rim. Uh, also, the basketball courts at Venice Beach are another ideal option. And yeah, because those are right there. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, the um, that's where white men can't jump. Portions mm-hmm. of it were filmed at Venice Beach, and it would be a good location, say, like the Clippers and the Lakers to do battle. You know? So, Christy, when I said the double rim, I saw you well, give me a look. And well, it, uh, most parks I have can, double rims to stop you from dunking on it. I cannot be the only person that does not know what that is. So it's just a – it's – Technically, two rims to stop people from dunking mm-hmm. because that'll break the basketball hoop. Okay. But it also okay. makes it incredibly difficult to, to make a shot. Right. So you have to be perfect to make it. I went back to in the previous segment when I said, I said, kissing your sister. And then you said, is that an option? Which made me 
laugh because she was not asking if kissing your sister was an option. You were asking, is tying an option? But the way that it came out yeah. was it kiss your sister. You said, is that an option? Like they, <laughs> I did not mean it that way. They make NFL players <laughs> kiss their sister if they tie. Well, they probably, they probably should. I guess I'm okay with this NBA thing, but I can't help but I, I can't. Major League Baseball stumbled, stumbled onto this. Can't you just let them have their thing? Now, the other big thing happened over the weekend, which will be a, a tie, a, a combination of sports and non-sports related stories. Even people who were at the UK football game were watching the scene unfolding in the game in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium between the Miami University and Appalachian State where a cat was dangling from the upper, so if we've got the video for you online, a cat was dangling off the facade of the upper deck, hanging on for dear life, and a group of people below it held an American flag out when the cat dropped, and they caught the flag, and then they held it up like Simba to showcase that this cat was alive. Wow. Wow. I mean, I when I saw so this questions. video, because I saw it from a different angle, uh-huh. from up on like the the top level. Yep. But when I saw this one this morning, <clears throat> I, I I had no words for it. The original version I saw elongated how long it was hanging there. Yeah, and you got a, that cat probably it was freaking out. It had to, and it how it found itself in that spot. Oh, there it, oh here comes. Is this our Simba moment? Yes. Well, maybe. The guy, one of the guys who grabbed it in the, grabbed it out of the flag, held it up for everybody to show that the cat was okay. And I thought, cue the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> it was um, a tense moment. I definitely wanted to see what would happen. I mean, I wouldn't have, never mind. <laughs> wow. I know you don't, I know you don't like your cat, but. You know how they say people. Tune into NASCAR to see the wrecks. Poor, poor Nala. <laughs> I'm just saying it was, wow. I mean, I was going, this cat's got probably at least four more lives left. Wow. <laughs> if that cat had nine lives, she just spent them all. <laughs> Thank you, Cousin Eddie. We appreciate that. Toddlers on railroad tracks and others are some of the latest sick selfie trend to gain TikTok clout. Railway officials in the United Kingdom are cautioning against the latest moronic TikTok phenomenon in which clout-seeking bozos taking selfies, dance, and even place their toddlers on railroad tracks. Photos and pics of the alarming railway shoot stunt have over 1 million views across multiple social media platforms. Officials say it's a very worrying trend and that the uh, it is illegal and dangerous craze. He goes on to, uh, officials go on to say no photograph is worth the risk to you or the consequences to your family. Network Rail warns that even simply standing too close to the railroad tracks can also prove fatal as the turbulence generated by trains can suck people under the wheels. Here's what these bozos don't understand is there's someone driving that train who is responsible for avoiding collisions of any kind. And and they can't just stop. No, it is not like stopping a car. They don't just go, oh, I'll slow down. It takes many, many feet in order to slow trains down to something manageable if you're in the wrong spot. I just don't understand the appeal on doing these dumb, moronic things. And I, I guess people have always done these types of things, but now everybody's in it for the fame, right? Can I go viral? How can I get my 15 minutes of, you know, it's just, it's a mess. But there is an initiative, which I'm feeling a little ripped off by, it's an initiative to stop this type of thing. It's called At What Cost? <laughs> and it uses an emotive new film inspired by a series of real-life events in order to persuade people to consider the true cost of taking a risk at a railway crossing. I say that a lot. At what cost are you willing to do this? So just be careful. The 
you know, we have the Nobel Peace Prize and we have the Nobel Awards. We have in peace and we have other things, but the no, probably the Nobel Peace Prize. We also have the Ig Nobel Awards. Are you familiar with these, Sam? No. They're kind of like I, the opposite of a good is it, thing. Is it Ig or I-I-G? It's Ig. Ig? Yeah, it's like Ig Nobel. I've like never heard about this. Ignorant Nobel okay. Awards <laughs> is what I would. So the winners of the 31st annual Ig Nobels announced last week include researchers who figured out how to better control cockroaches on U.S. Navy submarines. It's important work. I've been dying to know how to do that. Animal scientists who looked at whether it's safer to transport an airborne rhinoceros upside down. And a team that figured out just how disgusting. What what was the answer? Right. (laughs) Sam, I can't reveal all of that to you. (laughs) I can't give you. You can't can't, just leave us hanging on that. Sure, I can. It's the art of the tease. A team that figured out just how disgusting that discarded gum stuck to your shoe is. And also... That beards might be an evolutionary development to help protect a man's delicate facial bones from a punch in the face. Mm, no. So does that mean the women that have beards are more likely to get punched in the face? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm reading about these rhinos right now. I'm, I'm gone. Well, I mean, it, wouldn't that be a valid hypothesis? If men's beards had estab- had evolved over time to be pr- protection to being struck in the face, what what's that say for the? I don't. I'm asking questions. I don't I, I'm know. sorry. I, I I I guess I misunderstood what you're talking about with said rhinos, and I saw pictures and was a little blown away. Okay, so what is it? Animal the, the, scientists who looked at whether it's safer to it, transport. An airborne rhinoceros upside down. So when you say that, I thought you, like they put it in a plane and like are taking it to a different zoo is what I was like. No, they're like taking it by a helicopter, picking up by its legs and like swinging it through. Like, you know, when you see when they're rescuing somebody <laughs> from a fire. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And they drop. So that's. What yeah, I that's why I had my mind. Oh, see, no, I didn't. I didn't have that pictured, but it's just there was a picture here of said rhinoceros you just thought- dangling. In the same way they bring horses to Churchill Downs. Yeah, but upside down. To compete yeah, in a plane, I, I, in a stall. Really You're thinking See, they like, strap, <laughs> they harness the rhinoceros to the top of the fuselage of the plane? No, inside. I, of the, I know. They, they, it's I know. loaded inside. But it, but I, it's that's loaded why I inside, really but suspended from. <laughs> Apparently they cope very well, though. And and better than they usually do. So it's it's a good thing they learn. What's their average response to being transported by? Uh, usually they're not happy, apparently. Okay. I feel so much more educated for having known all that now. <laughs> About rhinos. A Florida group stole $45,000 in candles, fragrances, and fragrances from Bath and Body Works. Clearwater police have charged three women with grand theft after they say they helped to steal thousands of dollars worth of goods from the local Bath and Body Works locations. So not just one heist, yeah, not just one case. How in the world? Multiple. <laughs> Police say Sierra Bryant, 35, 25-year-old Clemetra uh, Lamar, and 32-year-old Crescenta Barnes are part of a group of people who stole $15,000 worth of products from the store at the Countryside Mall. Police also believe the group also stole around $30,000 worth of goods from other locations in Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, thank you. Criminal masterminds here, right? They're sitting around going, forget the banks. <laughs> Get the lotion. I need some smelly stuff. Forget the ATMs. Forget the lottery tickets. You know, forget the cigarette outlet. Well, forget the whatever. Don't they do like one day a year where everything's like incredibly sale priced? Is that when they took it all? And then <laughs> I thought, you know what we should I've knock. I've heard that. You know what we should knock over? The Bath and Body Works. <laughs> Bath and Body Works. No, no, not the not the razor cartridge store. <laughs> like not the things that are really valuable. We're gonna knock over Bath and Body Works. Oh. It adds up quick. You could smell them coming from a mile away. We gotta get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around. You're on in the know. Get 
did you know? The first ballpoint pens in America. All right, we've got several ballpoint pens laying around here at the moment. Yes? The first yeah. ballpoint pens in America sold for $12.50, which is the modern equivalent of $164 each. But, you know, you got to think about it. We take them for granted. But when they first, when you have to had to use a quill mm-hmm. and an inkwell and a, yeah. then you had the fountain pens, which were messy. Mm-hmm. You know, they were there, but Especially they just ended up. Because we're left handed, yeah, too. We got that. Everywhere. And then the actual ballpoint pen. Now you can buy the old white with the blue cat bic ballpoint pens oh, get- they sell them for like 20 of them for what four dollars oh you could probably get like a dozen for a buck really probably of those cheap like hotel kind of pens yeah yeah i bet you could do that sam I, everybody's got their own pen that they like though. sam did you get to watch uh college game day on saturday no i didn't watch the national version if i'm going to watch that type of thing i'm probably going to watch sec nation oh see no i Got to you. Got to take in all Lee Corso as you can while you got it. Yeah, sort of. Maybe I just they're typically at a game that doesn't interest me as much. Well, hey, if if Florida wins this weekend, they they could be making a trip to Lexington. That's right. I could weeks. be, and then I'll be. I can put <laughs> SEC Nation on one side, and I can put uh, Game Day on the other side. But Ashton Kutcher was <laughs> a celebrity. Like last week, it was Chase Elliott because they were in uh, Georgia. They were in Athens yesterday or, or Saturday. They had Ashton Kutcher on, and he was the only one that picked that picked Missouri mm-hmm. in the Missouri Kentucky game. Lee Corso, Herb Street, everybody picked Kentucky except for Ashton Kutcher. Now, I don't think Ashton Kutcher is all that knowledgeable about sports, but one of the things I did like is kudos to the college kids that were chanting at him, "Take a shower." Because he's been in the news recently, you know, for saying that he doesn't think you should have to shower every day, which then led apparently every celebrity in the country to have to come out with their showering preferences. So the (laughs) fact that they yelled at him, they chanted at him, take a shower, that amused me, Sam. Yeah, no, it was was funny. Uh, And I saw he pulled in on a combine when he showed up. He did? Yeah. So it it was a a little weird, but you know what? He was in Iowa. I didn't know he was an Iowa fan. Yeah. Have I mentioned that Kentucky is uh, is at the top of the standings in the SEC East? Oh, yeah, no. First place. Only team at 1-0? First place, baby. Did you already book your hotel room in Atlanta? No, not yet. I'm going to give it a little more time. Uh, Yo Gabba Gabba, the beloved kids show, is being revived at Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, Muno? The- Muno, Muno. This is past my time. Yeah, me uh, certainly, no certainly clue. me, and, and even the the children. Uh, I don't yeah. think are much on Yo Gabba Gabba, but uh, Broby was one of them. Is that Broby that we're looking at there? Sure, I could see where that would be. Broby. He looks like a Broby to me. Which one? Uh, the, uh, in the foreground. Okay. Apple TV Plus has ordered a new series based on the former Nickelodeon show. Oh, there's the issue. I'm pretty much almost Disney exclusive. Uh, not so much on Nick. It featured a human character, DJ Lance Rock, and a crew of puppets, Muno, Broby, Plex, Fufa, and Tootie. No, that had to be, that couldn't have been Broby. Broby is one of the puppets. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. If you like Yo Gabba Gabba, you're in luck. <laughs> now, uh, a brand I do know from the 80s, the iconic Teddy Ruxpin, is getting oh. a TV, getting the TV and film treatment. Okay, before- see, I, I have no idea what this is. You don't, but no. uh, this is way better it's than Ted. Terrifying, Teddy. I would rather be Thunder Buddies with Teddy Ruxpin than with. I'll take Ted. Than with Ted, you, you will. I found that thing's, Ted's kind of vulgar. I don't know if I want. Well, that thing's you Ted want that thing very vulgar. You want that thing staring at you while you sleep? Yeah, I don't mind. I'm not afraid of a Teddy Ruxpin. I Teddy lived through Ruxpin the '80s awesome. with Teddy Ruxpin. I was fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm fine. Teddy Ruxpin is coming back. Going to get. Uh, a film and television production. By the way, speaking of Apple TV Plus, no, I didn't get to the Ted Lasso episode from this weekend. But what I have discovered, if you love audio, if you're a musician or sound editing or anything, there is a new series. I think it's about eight episodes featuring Mark Ronson, famous producer Mark Ronson. And the name of the series is called Watch the Sound. And it talks about the use of sampling in modern music, reverb, 
lots of the you know lots of basic uh, sound editing and music making principles of the current era and how they are derived. Like Mark Ronson went all the way back to samples that the Beatles were using. Talked with Paul McCartney, and so I found it very interesting. I've stumbled upon it, and I'm about halfway through the series. So if you like that type of you know, if you're an audiophile, you might uh, you might like that show. Uh, I mentioned Dunder Mifflin earlier. I, a few weeks ago, we told you that in Chicago, starting October 15th, there's going to be a new office uh, pop-up experience in Chicago. So we do want to remind you of it again. I think tickets are, I mean, maybe $40 to get to do this thing. Um, but now you can, you know, channel your inner Kelly Kapoor and film your own talking head interview or... You can play around of hate ball. <laughs> you, they've also set up shroot farms. You get to visit shroot farms can you, for for the forty dollars. Can you harvest beets? I'm sure that you can. Um, but you, you know. need you need Dwight crying too in the middle of the night. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. don't wouldn't you assume as well that in the gift shop you can buy the world's best mo- boss mug? Oh. <laughs> I mean, if you can't, you, they're do doing you have it wrong. It yet? Did you, did you no. buy it for yourself? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> yet. I thought it was you know, but anyway, that's going to be in Chicago, and it's going to start October fifteenth through early twenty twenty two. Oh, okay. So, so you got you've time. got six months or so to be able to do it, and then the VMA awards were last night. I was paying a little attention to who won the VMA Awards, you know, in a compilation on uh, CBS this morning. But then as soon as I saw that Madonna came out on stage, I was like, okay, I don't need to hear any more about the VMAs. If they're still friends with Madonna, I can't be friends with them. And the things that win awards these days, I go, what? So maybe you like the VMA Awards, Sam. Did you? I didn't even know they were happening. Nor did I. We gotta get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. We'll finish it up for the morning. Coming up next here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. What is something that should be taught in schools? But isn't. Do you want to go first? Well, I'm going to take the most, what I think is going to be the most popular answer. Okay. Cursive. Mm. Oh, gosh, I could not disagree more. (laughs) I mean, I think that's going to be one of the most popular answers. I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think, I think cursive is still taught. I just think they don't spend a lot of time on it. And I don't think they should. (laughs) That's just my opinion, though. I think that you need to honestly teach a class like how to be an adult. You know, in a lot of ways, you know, adulting. I hate that word. I didn't want to call it that, but uh, you know, like how to do your taxes, how to, you know, how to do laundry, how to cook. You know, like little things like that. And I know that there's like home economics and and that, but just having one class like for seniors in high school, like here's what you do. When and I kind of have a list like that. Mine said basic, general. Like when it comes to finances, yeah, mm-hmm. um, home skills, like cooking, I, sewing on a button. I mean, and I know a lot of that's like, well, yeah, parents can teach that at the same time, but you know, having a class where all of that is taught. But is that one class? Because see, I, I I ran through all of those well, steps that you just ran through. I think yes. Like, uh, say, um, balancing a check checking account. Okay, so that's a business math class. All right, uh, cooking. All right, that's a home ec class. Or uh, how to change a tire. Okay, that. So all of those one. programs are offered, but I don't know that they are. There's enough concentration. So then that led me seeking a. Okay, how then can I head off? Like, what type of class needs to be taught that would be above all of those that could pave the way for those small classes how to be an adult to be more fruitful but you know that how to be an adult is so broad but that opens up the window to take all of those little little bits it does but but wouldn't you just call that school you know like aren't we aren't we sending well, I mean, kids to school to become an adult so here's what something that i think we're missing though is i see i cuz i said civics 
Civics is something that we're missing because it poisons people. A lack of understanding for civics leads them astray to them not fully understanding how things work. But it's the ability to think critically. If you don't have that, then you're going to have a very hard time in any of those subjects that you're talking about, whether it's changing a tire or balancing a checkbook. And I don't know that we, I don't know that we spend enough time just on simple logic. You know? Yeah, I just think that that's why I kind of thought the whole like being an adult because you can throw so many things into that. All right, so let, let's let's turn the coin over. What wouldn't be in that class? Civics. Civics. To be an adult, you don't think you need civics? Well, I don't think – I think civics, to me, that class would be featured on, like, your everyday life. Because, I mean, you wouldn't throw calculus in there. No. Listen, I took calculus in high school, and I've never used it since I graduated high school. Yeah. Uh, Here's where we're – Have you ever had to find the hypotenuse since you were in high school? Absolutely. Every day? Many, many times. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I think – see, this – absolutely, you're right, because you need – you need basic level. You need 101 level curriculum in a bunch of different categories. But then uh, that's me. So what would you not? What what walk of life would you not put in there? You need more logic and civics and business math. You don't need trigonometry unless you're doing something that is specialized in math professionally. But here's the. You've heard me say this a lot. And. Uh, Maybe our retired teachers in the audience, because I hope if you're currently a teacher that you aren't part of the audience. <laughs> maybe on, on playback. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah, time maybe. shifted. Podcast. Maybe people are on the podcast, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you've heard me say this many times. Too many parents decided that it was education's job to raise their children, and but then at the same time, we took all the tools away to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you want them to do it, You've got to equip them better to do it if you're not going to do it. Or if you do it kind of like it was supposed to be done in the old days, you do the raising and let the education people do the educating. And you yeah. can also do some educating at home. Well, that never that never hurts. Oh, yeah, no, you're, you're completely right on that. And I think in another way, too, is we need better just basic grammar. <laughs> basic grammar. I mean, you can, you can read... Some social media or talk to some people. Where, where, and, or where are you seeing bad grammar? Uh, there, there, and there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, right. it's and it's, and uh, you didn't see it, you saw it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but uh, that's you... also with us being, you know, we're professional linguists, right? Uh, that we are professional talkers, so we have perfect grammar, correct? It's like. Is it on sale? Or are you selling it? I mean, like, drives me crazy. For sale. Right? Mm. Yeah, but yeah, the, 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 this, I seen it. That, that's the one that, that, get, that gets me. My skin crawls. You need to get on the seesaw. Uh, Food Network tonight has the Halloween Baking Championship and the season two premiere of Back to Life on Showcase. What's Showcase? I know Showtime. I've never heard of Showcase. Showcase was an old movie theater in Northern Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Showcase Cinemas. They had, the, had yeah. those in Louisville as well. Yeah. It's uh, now t- a Coke facility. Today's highlight in history. This date in 1971, a four-day inmates' rebellion at the Attica Correctional Facility in western New York ended as police and guards stormed the prison. Uh, if you're watching this documentary on 1971 on Apple TV+, most of an entire episode is dedicated to that situation. Uh, 50 years ago today. In 1814, during the War of 1812, oh, they did wars like they did pandemics back then. They get a number in the beginning, but years later, you're still dealing with it. I got it. Uh, The British naval forces began bombarding Fort McHenry in Baltimore. In 1959, Elvis met Scylla. Mm -hmm. Elvis met his future wife, 14-year-old Priscilla Bellew, while stationed in West Germany. Tupac died this date in 1996. Oh, wow. Or did he? Did he? Did he? <laughs> Peter Cetera is 77 today. Actor Gene Smart is 70. She was in Designing Women. And uh, Tavis Smiley is 57 today. I'm Tavis Smiley. Welcome to my program on PBS. <laughs> Joe Don Rooney from Rascal Flats is 46. Fiona Apple is 44. Ben Savage is 41. Boy Meets World. And Niall Horan from One Direction is 28 today. Yes, that's the Ben Savage. Yes, Boy Meets World. I think so. Fred, I'm thinking of 
Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Got you. Fred Savage was was uh, Kevin Arnold. Right. Walter Reed, born in 1851. John Pershing in 1860. Bill Monroe was born this date in 1911. Bill Monroe would have been 110 years old today. Mel Torme is 19, was born this date in 1925. And Nell Carter was born this date in 1948. So Nell Carter, you might have known for, uh, her from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. But back before that, she was in uh, Give Me a Break. Give me a break. I sure deserve it. Trying to make it to the top. Mercy, we're late. Was just Chart toppers for today. Girl. 1956, Doris Day was number one. With K Sarah Sarah. Sam, is this your favorite Doris Day song? Couldn't name you another one. <laughs> couldn't name you. Couldn't have named you one though. 15 seconds ago. I've heard this. Ha- you, I was going to say, I've surely you've heard yes. this song. I couldn't have told you what the song was called or anything. Our parents and grandparents, you've heard them use that phrase, K Sara Sara, Sara Sara, whatever will be, will be. Let's go to 1965. Barry Maguire, Eve of Destruction. You've got some interesting sound editing. He's angry. He's an angry elf. <laughs> Francisco. Paul. Paul Anka was number one in 1974 with You're Having My Baby. But in 1983, Men Without Hats, there's no telling how many lives it saved in the 80s. The safety dance was into, into safe matters. It saved us from everything. I hate this song. It saved us from we laying on the railroad tracks. Oh, the played safety dance and marching yeah. band. Yeah, that was one. Of, that was my band director's favorite uh, pep band song clearly. to play, and it got old really quick because it's not that fun of a pep band song to play. It's, it's no devil went down to Georgia. Well, that no one, no high school kid knew that song either. Right. 1992, Boys to Men, End of the Road. Uh, We'd have been better off playing this. <laughs> 2001, I'm Real J Lo with the Ja Rule. 2010, Teenage Dream Katy Perry. And two years ago today, Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello, even before they were an item, were number one with Senorita. Senorita. All right, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. A truly happy person is one who can enjoy the scenery while on a detour. A truly happy person is one who can enjoy the scenery while on a detour. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beach, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.